Wasn't that great? You get to hear uh, some of the testimonies from, from camp. Um, I can tell you that for myself, I had many, I've, I've spent many, many summers there. Um, and it's, it's really had a big impact on my life uh, because I, I find that, you know, our lives, we have regular patterns and we have uh, just things that, you know, there's always something to do, right? Going from one thing to the next. And, and uh, that time away with the Lord, it really forces us to, to stop, to pause, and uh, just take time to reflect on, you know, what he wants to show us and, uh, you know, how he's, uh, how he's active in our life. I think one of the things that, that was mentioned uh, in our program was that God is doing miracles all the time. He's doing little things. He's doing big things. But if we don't kind of stop, if we don't take time to pay attention, then we miss that. One of the speakers, uh, Pastor Isaac, uh, you know, he, he had mentioned that for him, he really, like every penny he finds on the ground, he considers it a little miracle. That God is speaking to him through that little piece of copper or whatever they're making pennies out of these days. Um, you know, that every time he sees a penny and he picks it up, he thinks, wow, thank you, Lord. Like, it's like God is speaking to him saying, hey, I just want to bless you. And so he says to all his kids, his grandkids, you know, don't ever kick a penny. When you see a penny, don't throw it, don't kick it, don't, you know, take it for granted. But pick that up and receive that. Give glory to God. In all these things, give glory to God. If we take the time, I think that we can look at our lives and we can see, wow, God is working. If we qualify that by even these little things, then I think that we can see that, wow, God is doing something in my life. What I like to do, uh, you know, after coming out from camp, uh, as we share the testimonies of what God is doing, um, you know, I love to share with the congregation, you know, some of the things that I've learned uh, throughout this past week. And uh, so this, this morning, uh, we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture uh, from Luke. It'll be uh, Luke 1. So you guys can bring that up in your Bibles or your electronic Bibles. Um, and this is something that usually, you know, is spoken about several months later in the year, around Christmas time. Uh, it is uh, a Christmas story, if you will. But this is very applicable in, in any time and in any season. Um, we're going to be looking at uh, Jesus' mother, Mary, and uh, kind of her experience. This was uh, one of the first messages that we heard when we were at the camp. And, uh, you know, this is something that I, I've heard over and over again. I've preached on. I'm sure you've heard, uh, you know, over and over again uh, throughout your life. But he said something that really stood out to me. That I never really spent time in. That I never really picked up before. And that was in Mary's song, which we'll get to, that, that in her response to the Lord and to God working in her life, um, you know, she, she made a statement of what she is going to glorify, how she gives God the glory in all situations. So uh, if you would, uh, it'll be up here. You can read along with me. Uh, we'll be in Luke 1. I'm going to start in verse 26. 
And uh, if you have uh, your Bible, it may have a, a title or a, a kind of a heading that says, The Birth of Jesus Foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is Mary's older cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Joseph was a descendant of David. Now, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now let's talk about this, because we have Mary. She's most likely a teenage girl. She is engaged to Joseph. He is a carpenter in this small town called Nazareth. Everybody would have known them. They would have known everybody. Right? And in that community, in this culture, when you are betrothed or engaged, and you're in this process where Mary is, you're considered married. It's like you're married. Uh, in fact, uh, when, when we read, uh, I believe it's in the Gospel of Matthew, when we read about Joseph and his interaction with, with Angel, it, the, the wording that's used is that Joseph, you know, he finds out that Mary is pregnant, and he's a nice guy, so he says, you know, I want to do it quietly. I'm going to divorce her quietly. You know, it doesn't say, hey, you're just calling it off or something, but it's actually he's divorcing her because that's how serious this engagement was. It's considered that they're already married. Now, in this society, we know that just the way it is is that the, the women were dependent on the men. They de- depended on their, their husband or uh, upon, uh, it could be their father's family, um, in order to, you know, to provide for them, to give them protection, uh, you know, to take care of them their whole life. And this is why, you know, in the church we were encouraged uh, to take care of the, the widows because they had nobody to support them. Right? So we have Mary who is engaged to Joseph, dependent on his care, and um, she's pregnant. Do you think anybody would believe her when she says, hey, I, I'm pregnant? But I'm a virgin. The baby is from God. No, of course not, right? There's no way anybody believes that. This had never happened before. I've never heard of this happening since. So, of course, nobody would believe that. Even Joseph, who was close to her, that I'm sure 
you know, he loved her. He was a great guy. He's saying, uh, I'm going to break off. I'm going to break this off. He isn't at the point where he's like, yeah, okay, honey, I believe you. Um, you know, he's saying, oh, man, this is crazy. She's saying she's pregnant. So Mary, this young teenage girl, she's no doubt she's rocked by this revelation. She is um, wrestling with this situation that has literally just come upon her, that, that it wasn't something that she asked for. It wasn't something she signed up for. It wasn't something that she did something wrong and she's been put in this situation. No, it's actually the opposite, that she has been found faithful and an angel is saying, Mary, you have favor with the Lord. That God it wants to bless you. And I'm sure, you know, I know myself, I'd be like, wow, blessing. Yeah. You know, you're thinking, how is this a blessing? My life is, is totally in jeopardy. Right? So what does she do? We find that she goes to stay with her cousin Elizabeth. She finds out that, that Elizabeth, this older cousin, much older. I mean, when the Bible says you're old, you're pretty old. Right, I mean, there were some dudes that were like 900 some years old, and and uh, you know, yeah. But they says she was old, right? She was well along in her years. She was considered that she was unable to have children. Right? So she goes to stay with her cousin Elizabeth. I'm thinking that maybe she's thinking, "Wow, this angel has told me that this miracle has happened with my cousin." Maybe she'll understand. Maybe she'll understand what I'm going through because this is just crazy. So she goes to her cousin Elizabeth. And as she, and that's what we'll get into next is she, she talks to Elizabeth and she finds out more um, about, you know, how crazy is this thing that God is doing? Because Elizabeth, she was well along in her years that her husband, Zechariah, who was a priest, this is a man of God, right? He's a man that is honored that in this season he is, um, you know, he's doing a special service. Uh, and this was something that was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for, for a priest to be in charge of this. And in that season is when the angel comes and, and Elizabeth is, is pregnant. And he, this man of God, is like, all right, really? Are you sure? Are you sure you're going to do this, that God is going to do this? And, and so we know that if you read the, the beginning of the chapter, it says that the Lord shut his mouth, and he wasn't able to speak for several months. <laughs> Maybe that was a good thing, right? So let's, let's continue reading in, in, in 39. It says, Mary visits Elizabeth. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried. She hurried. She's running away, I imagine. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Get that. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she explained, exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the babe in my womb weeped, uh, leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed 
that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So Elizabeth has, has experienced this, this miracle. In her womb is John the Baptist. He's the one that's going to precede Christ in that he's going to prepare the way for the Lord. Right? He's going to be this voice calling out for people to repent, to be prepared for Jesus. And Elizabeth, when she hears Mary, she's filled with the Spirit. And she begins, she really begins to proclaim and to prophesy that, wow, in your stomach is my Lord. That when I heard your greeting, I had to respond. And God filled her up, Elizabeth, and she blesses Mary, saying, wow, you're visiting me. You're carrying my Savior. Why am I so honored? I believe that, that Mary, she really was in a time of, of struggle, right? And in that time, she turns to Elizabeth, and right from the greeting, she's encouraged. Through that, she has a response. Your Bible may say Mary's song. It's often return, uh, uh, referred to as uh, Magnificat. And Mary says in 46, and, and you could read along with me, it says, And Mary said, my, lo- my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised to our ancestors And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Now, in your version, if you have a a different version, that 46 and 47 would say, might say, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And that that portion, verse 46, 47, this is a portion that, that people have often reflected on. And this was a part that, that really kind of stood out to me, that this, this place where it says glorifies or magnifies, my soul magnifies, my soul glorifies the Lord, that word is this, this word megalune. And we know mega, mega is what? Big. You have mega bucks, you have mega man, you have mega, you know, whatever, uh, megaphone, right? It's it's something that is made big. Magnify, right? It m- takes something and it makes it bigger. Now this really this really stood out to me when when our speaker was was just sitting in this place where he says Mary's response was that she took the situation and when she was met by her cousin Elizabeth who was filled with the Holy Spirit and had already uh, received this miracle in her own life, spoke into Mary's life 
encouraged her, lifted her up, called her blessed, right? And that, in turn, encouraged Mary, and she has this response that in this situation, my soul glorifies the Lord. My soul is going to magnify the Lord. In our lives, we have many situations, right? Maybe like Mary, not quite like Mary, but, but in the sense that things happen to us, right? We have loved ones that, that pass away. Maybe we face ourselves illness. Maybe things don't go the way that we want. I found myself in that situation many, many times when I thought, man, this is terrible. I can't think of anything good coming out of this time right now. And when the speaker was talking about this, I was considering times in my life, especially when I was younger, and things would happen to me, and I would just dwell on them. I would magnify my situation. And I would think, man, this is terrible. Man, I can't believe this is happening to me. And I'd just be sitting there in my room like, man, this is stupid, that's stupid, this is dumb. Oh, I, can't, I can't think of anything good. And I'm just listing off and just, man, this is horrible, this is terrible, this is whatever. I had different language back then, but it was, it was very <laughs> intense. And, and I found myself just being deeper and deeper kind of in anger and frustration. Right? And I think that, that Mary could have easily done that said, man, my life is ruined. Really? I have a baby from God? Nobody believes me. Nobody believes me. How is this going to go well? Right? How is this going to go well? She seeks her older cousin. I believe she comes for comfort. She comes for wisdom. And she's met with encouragement. And that brings up her faith, and she responds. She responds, and, and she says, you know what? I'm going to glorify the Lord. In this situation, I'm going to glorify the Lord. In this situation, I'm going to magnify the Lord. Because you see, every time that we face troubles, pain, heartache, whatever, we have a choice, right? We can either magnify that problem, focus on that. And what happens when we focus on that? It becomes big, right? It becomes big. If you got kids, you know this is true. Because <laughs> we learn. My, my son, you know, he's been picky, very picky eating. And I said, what do you want for lunch? And we were in Santa Cruz. And we're in this nice, uh, interesting little kind of part of Santa Cruz uh, uh, Capitola, and uh, it's got nice, cool little shops and stuff. And I said, "Hey, man, you, what are we gonna eat? What do you want to eat? You know, there's a burger place right here. There's someplace else here. This looks like some healthy, like vegan something place. We'll skip that. But you know, and and I'm thinking we got to get something to eat before we hit the road. And and you know, he says, you know what? I want fries and ranch. And I said, really? Okay." So I'm looking on my map, what's on the way to the freeway entrance. And I said, hey, look, there's McDonald's. They got fries and ranch. And he said, no, I don't like McDonald's fries. I said, who doesn't like McDonald's fries? Come on. And then there was this, like, burger place, you know, a local burger place. And I said, hey, 
you know, it's something burgers. And he's like, ah, oh, I don't want burgers. I was like, I know you don't want burgers, but they got fries there, I'm sure. <laughs> he's, no, I don't, I don't want it. And, and he gets hangry, you know, and he's like, ah. And I'm like, dude, it's just fries. Like, come on. You shouldn't even be eating fries for lunch. Why, what kind of parent am I? I'm, you know, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord. Um, but we see that. It can take such a small thing, and it becomes this huge thing. I mean, he's flopping around in the back seat like a fish and like, oh, the world's going to end. We're just, you know, and, and, um, but that's us, right? It's just as we grow, our problems change and our situations change. And, and yet we have the same basic choice. It's like, what am I going to magnify? What am I going to glorify? Right. So, I, you know, this was very important for me to learn and, and to, to, to take away this past week was, was uh, you know, one in this situation, Mary, number one, she has someone who she can turn to. In this case, it's her older cousin, Elizabeth. She knows that Elizabeth will take care of her. I think that she went for comfort and wisdom. Number two, Elizabeth is an older believer, someone who has walked with the Lord longer. She was found faithful. Right? The Bible says that. She and her husband, Zechariah, right? They're faithful people. And she's filled with the Holy Spirit, and she gives encouragement to her younger cousin. She gives encouragement, right? She could have easily said, are you sure, Mary? You got pregnant from God, huh? Okay, that's a new one. You want to tell me the real story? <laughs> Elizabeth was full of the Spirit, and that confirmed in her that, yes, just like God did a miracle in my life, I think God did a miracle in her life. And so she greets Mary with this encouraging word, right? She blesses Mary. She's blessed by God. And has a miracle. Number three, Mary is encouraged and she responds. She acts in faith. She says, I choose to give God the glory. In this situation, I'm going to magnify who God is. I'm going to magnify what God is doing. I've shared with this, this with you before, but when my father passed, that wrecked my life in, in ways um, you know, that I could never have seen it, and particularly was it really challenged my theology and the way that I saw the world. Because until two weeks before my dad passed, I can tell you that in my mind, my posture, my heart was really, ah, God's going to heal him. He's going to do a miracle. I can even picture my dad in front of our church giving testimony of, man, I had stage four stomach cancer. I was I'm on deathbed, but God healed me. Let's praise the Lord together. You know, I just felt, eh, whatever. He's going to get healed. It's fine. You know, he's not perfect, but he's a good guy. He loves the Lord. God's going to heal him. It's fine. And so when he actually passed, I had to really think about that. Because I said, man, I thought he did a pretty good job following God. I thought he really was a man that, that wanted to, to give God his whole life, and yet he died. He didn't answer that prayer. I had to really wrestle with that. It took me a couple years. And it wasn't really until the point when I said, you know what, I, I can't talk about what I don't have. I can't talk about what I don't understand. I got to stop from and start from nothing and say, what do I have? And it was in that moment that it was like I saw these pennies on the ground as blessings 
that I said, you know what? I don't like this situation. But I cannot deny that God is real. Because he met me when I was 13 years old at summer camp. It's filled with the spirit. And he, he showed me that he was real, that he loved me. I changed my life. I could never de- deny that he was Lord. I didn't always follow him, but I could never deny that he was real. And I began to, to take inventory of what are the things that I do know. And as I did that, I began to give God the glory of saying, you know what, I don't understand this, but I know you're good. And I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to walk in these ways. Even if I don't feel it, I'm going to lift up praise to you. Even if I don't feel it, I'm going to be at church. In fact, one of the first ways I began to serve again in my church at that time was to play on the worship team. And I was playing bass, and, and at that time there was this, this song from... Um, uh, was it Matt Redman or you know it's saying you give and take away you give and take away and I thought man I hate that song and it was like <laughs> topping the chart so it was like every week we're singing that song and uh, you know there was days I couldn't sing it you know but but as I wrestled through it it was really in that moment when I said you know what I had to make that choice of, of what am I gonna magnify what am I gonna focus on is it my situation my trouble my problem, the thing that didn't go the way I wanted? Or am I going to give God the glory because of who he is and move forward? We always have a choice. We always have a choice. Every situation, every season of life, we have a choice in how we respond in that moment. We have a choice in how we move forward from that place that we find ourselves. So in closing, you know, this week for your weekly challenge, and we do this for a reason, right? We do this for a reason because you can, you can get online, you can go to another church, you can go wherever you can hear much better speakers than, than myself or, or even Pastor Toby. You can read the word a hundred times over, but if you don't allow it to impact your life, you're not doing anything. That word is not, is not sinking into you. That word is not taking root in your life. So I challenge you, I encourage you to, to go through these. You know that our kind of vision is to know God, to grow in our understanding and, and uh, mature with him in our relationship. And then we want to overflow because you know that if you've ever filled up a cup and keep pouring, it will overflow naturally, right? So know, uh, I challenge you to read Luke 1. And as you read that, think about each person and and what they might have been experiencing. Put yourself in their shoes, right? Put yourself in their shoes. What were they facing? Grow. Consider your current situation. Maybe you're in a rough season. Maybe things are great. What do you think you're magnifying? What are you giving glory to? Are you giving glory to God? Are you saying, man, praise God? Even in the struggle, praise God. Why? Because he's good, right? Consider your current situation. And, and, you know, and I always say that maybe right now you're thinking, man, it's good. Things are cool. But remember this because one day you're going to have a time when things aren't great. Right? And we can remember Jesus' mother Mary and how she responded. What do you think you're magnifying? 
and overflow. Are you someone that others can come to when they need help, like Elizabeth? Are you someone that is available, that is open, that is encouraging, that when they come to you and say, man, hey, cousin, I'm having a hard time, that you're going to respond in grace, that you're going to respond with a blessing, that you're going to respond with encouragement, that you're going to say, man, why are you bothering me with your problems? I don't want to hear it. You know, go talk to someone else. No, are you available? Are you already in that type of relationship where you're able to pour into someone else's life? And if not, or even if you are, pray about this. Pray about this and be available for God to use you as a support for others this week. Because I believe that if you're available, if you say, hey, Lord, I'm ready. How can I serve? How can I be an encouragement to my brother, to my sister, to my mother, to my father this week? That you may find that, wow, I have opportunity to really to encourage someone to speak into their life. Right? So be ready. So no grow, overflow. Would you guys join me in prayer and worship team? You can make your way back up here. Lord, this Sunday, as we reflect upon this past week and uh, we heard testimony about what you've been doing in this year's annual uh, family camp. Lord, we're so encouraged and, and we're blessed. We know that you're always with us. We know that you are a good father and that you want more for us than we can even imagine. And Lord, I thank you for the reminder that we're part of your story. And that although sometimes it it can seem a a big challenge, you know, all we need to do is, is speak the truth. That we can just share with others, hey, this is what's been going on in my life. This is my story. This is how... How God has been meeting me in my situation. And in every season, every moment, every trial, every joy, we have a choice of, of what we do. We have a choice to give you the glory, or we have a choice to, to focus on something else. So, Lord, is my prayer that, that each and every person here would be blessed that they would know that you love them so much that you're with them always and that we would be challenged as your people to focus on you through the good times and the bad that through every season every situation we would be focused on you for your kingdom it's in Jesus name we pray amen amen we all